0: is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It's late. It's 9.26 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 11th of November. Oh, there's got to be something about that eleven, eleven, twenty, twenty. There's just There's got to be some kind of numerology behind that. In either event, this is episode 319 of Bitcoin. And I need to remind you that it's okay to use Bitcoin as a verb. That's right. Uh, Zarkinfrude says, I'm going to Bitcoin the shit out of the Caribbean once the Citadels go up. He asked me if he's doing it right. I say, carry on, sir. Also, We have some more TV. If you don't have enough TV to watch, well, Swan's got you covered. Announcing Bitcoin TV. Uh, Bitcoin TV, a 24-7 streaming channel, is now available at bitcointv.network. The best of Bitcoin content on a free curated streaming channel. All Bitcoin, all the time. We hope Bitcoin TV will help inspire a brighter future. Yeah, well, as long as you don't put shit on it, I guess it'll be fine. So no shit coining, Swan. No shit coining. All right, so Start9Labs. Start9Labs has some announcements that they would like to make. Uh, This was a tweet thread from yesterday, I believe. Yeah, November the 10th. Embassy OS 0.2.5, a major upgrade enables services that have dependencies on other services. By and then they list a few people, and there's a medium post to it. Uh, Bitcoin Proxy, a gatekeeper and supercharger for your Bitcoin node by Dr. Bones and Uh Lightning Network Daemon, or LND, a Lightning Network implementation by Lightning, Roast Beef, and Alex Bosworth. <clears throat> C-Lightning, a Lightning Network implementation by Blockstream, Snake and Rusty Twit. Uh, Ride the Lightning, a full function device agnostic web user interface for managing Lightning node operations by Ride the Lightning, well, RTL underscore app, and a few other people. And the Spark Wallet, a minimalist wallet GUI for Sea Lightning by Shisak, and all of these have medium articles uh, attached to all the the specific tweets. Uh, Start Nine Labs has a little <clears throat> has a little box they presented over at uh, Bitblock Boom uh, in Dallas this last August. Pretty neat little, pretty neat little deal. You might want to actually take time out of your day to go and Google Start Nine Labs. That's S T A R T the number nine. Space Labs. Uh DuckDuck not Google. DuckDuckGo that. DuckDuckGo is is becoming much, much better as a search engine. When they first came out and I was using them to uh get a little bit more privacy. Um it really was sorry, it really wasn't all that well done. However, now it is quickly becoming my go to search engine because it's working as expected. So If you want to help, you know, kind of cover your tracks on on some of your church uh, searches because you just don't want to be tracked, even if you're just looking for dog food. Okay, I mean, I don't need dog food ads coming up on my phone. So the more you use DuckDuckGo, the better it's going to get and the more you support the whole damn thing in the first place. So now, another announcement uh, from Nikita Zar. I will try this. Zavaronkov, Zavaron. Okay, I don't know. At nikzh says, okay. So what happened today on Ethereum? <laughs> <laughs> one, at some point, Ethereum developers introduced a change in the code that led today to a chain split, starting from block one one two three four eight seven three at seven zero eight UTC time. Two. Those who haven't upgraded, like Blockchair and Infura underscore IO, some miners and many others, got stuck on a minority chain. 30 blocks in two hours. Technically, that was an unannounced hard fork. Something similar happened to Bitcoin seven years ago when there was a database upgrade. Uh, Four, fix. Upgrade geth and run debug.sethead112348. Whatever, I don't give a shit. He goes on to say, in my opinion, today's consensus failure in Ethereum shouldn't be underestimated and should be considered as the most serious issue Ethereum has faced since the Dow debacle four years ago. An investigation is in order. No, an invest investigation is not in order. Sell your shit. Get off Ethereum because this shit show has just started. We, th- I thought it started with the Dow. That was just sort of like a shot across the bow and then we kind of all forgot about it. <laughs> no, this one, dude, this one is bad. And let me, uh, let, let's go through this. Uh, Let's do this one first. I'm gonna read two different ones about this. Decrypt.co's Scott Cipollina has this one uh, that he wrote this morning. Crucial Ethereum service Infura suffers major outage. Now, some people are are dressing this up that it's just a minor thing. Bullshit. This is a major thing. Ethereum infrastructure provider Infura is facing a service outage. Infura runs Ethereum nodes on behalf of projects and companies in the Ethereum ecosystem without it these projects are unable to see what's happening on the Ethereum blockchain. This <clears throat> the, the issues with Ethereum have caused several crypto exchanges including Binance to suspend the withdrawal of Ethereum and ERC20 tokens. <laughs> According to its website, Infura has identified the root cause and are preparing to fix to restore service functionality. Larry Cermak has this to say, also known as Lawmaster. It seems like Infura is having an outage, which is causing some pretty big delays in price feeds, and some exchanges are also delaying withdrawals of e- uh, of Ethereum and ERC20s. MetaMask also having issues. No, you think there could also be an effect on some DeFi stuff? Well, of course, Larry, of course. This update was published at 947 UTC about half an hour earlier. The Infura team said we've brought additional capacity online for the affected components and are continuing to triage the root cause of the outage. System recovery operations are in progress. That is not what you want to freaking hear about somebody who's saying that it's going to be the future of money. There is no excuse for this shit. There's absolutely none. These guys have dicked around and fucked you over so bad it's not even funny. None of these people should be in control of anything, much less flushing my toilet, all right? It's also say, It also says the on-call team is investigating and working to restore service functionality. Good luck. Quote, we do not rely entirely on one provider, and we are still up with no issues. Just that we are now working with, let's say, oh fifty 50% force. But yeah, Infura is dead. That's a direct quote from Ian Dapper, CEO of DapperDar as he told decrypt dapper added that dapper sorry dap radar may experience some delays but the data processing remains intact <clears throat> quote our data processing is processes are going fine just in some parts where heavy usage of the node is used <clears throat> we might have some delays in regards to refreshing data due to infura being down he said according to nikita zaradnakov ethereum lead developer the blockchain split into two versions, one longer than the other. Quote, I think there was some change in the code several months ago that led to a split today. Lead developer of Ethereum. I think there was some change in the code several months ago that led to a split today. As he told Decrypt, adding that he hopes developers will tell exactly what has led to this. But anyways, that can be classified as a hard forking change in quote he also suggested that this impacted geth nodes that were left without an upgrade quote those who haven't been upgrading their geth nodes for a while i presume several months at least got split from those with new geth versions he said as a result entities like infura and blockchair were left abandoned on a minority chain blockchair and infura were left abandoned on a minority chain the implications of this are make, I don't know, it, it's almost like the implications of this make the whole Dow thing look like cakewalk stuff, right? So CZ, Binance CEO, tweeted about this chain split saying, we're resolving now but have temporarily closed withdrawals. Funds are SAFU. Oh, gee, thanks, CZ. In addition, Ahmed Al-Balagi, co-founder and CEO of Biconomy, said, quote, as the industry grows and matures, we will certainly see more and more reliance on centralized third parties, particularly in infrastructure. Outages like this can really help spur more innovation and adoption of decentralized infra. I assume he's saying infrastructure. The outage is also having an impact on Metamask, a widely used Ethereum wallet. What's more, there is speculation the outage could have an impact on decentralized finance you don't say quote we love to talk about decentralization but infura is the aws of the of the ethereum ecosystem thousands of projects use infura to get data from blockchain including exchanges and metamask tweeted raul marcos founder of carbano <sighs> let's see what crypt let, let's see what uh crypto potato has to say about this um they have a, a bullet list here. So, the world's leading cryptocurrency exchange, Binance, has temporarily suspended withdrawals. Upbit and Huobi follow suit. So, Upbit is has with they're suspending withdrawals. Huobi is suspending withdrawals. The issue comes after Infura, an Ethereum infrastructure provider, is also experiencing pro, uh, uh, problems. Okay, so it's essentially even worse than what. Um, uh, decrypt was saying, because now it's not just Binance. Okay. Wobi isn't something to sneeze at. This is, if you're not off of Ethereum yet, you need to get off of Ethereum as fast as you possibly can. This is not investment advice. This is just a me on the boat throwing you a life raft. Okay. You cannot continue to trust these people with anything of value of yours. Whether you think Ethereum is money or you think it's just a way to buy neat looking art. I don't give a shit. If you were spending any time at all on this dumpster fire, you are wasting your life. Man, dude, this is why Bitcoin. <clears throat> Ripple CTO says he lost $300,000 trading no-name altcoins. Turner Wright going to tell us about it, Cointelegraph. I've bought quite a few cryptocurrencies that turned out to be disasters, and the and, and the maxis are the assholes. Of course, it's the maximalists that are assholes in this en- entire industry. We're the ones that get pointed at. We're the ones that get laughed at. We're the ones that get made fun of. We're the ones that people hate all the time. Why? Because we tell you the truth all the time. David Schwartz, Ripple's chief technology officer revealed that he uh, is a shit-coiner. <laughs> According to a November 2nd post on Quora, well, Quora asking readers if they had lost any money trading Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, Schwartz stated that he had made a few crypto investments that he ultimately had to write off as worthless. You don't say. Quote, I've bought quite a few cryptocurrencies that turned out to be disaster. Disaster, stated the Ripple executive, who is a frequent Quora contributor, Schwartz, listed 11 tokens in particular that turned out to be bad investments for him, including, get this shit, BlockTix, Dice, Flash, Vets, Amp, Signal Token, B, Kind Ads Token, Prize, Kudos Coin, and Neuron. Many of the altcoins went to zero in 2017 and 2018. Overall, it seems quite lucky that Schwartz isn't Ripple's chief investment officer, given his history of bad investment decisions. He also revealed in October that he sold 40,000 Ether in 2012. With ETH currently priced at $454, Schwartz's crypto stash would have been worth more than $18 million today. He also said that he sold an unspecified number of Bitcoin for 750 dollars and his own beloved shitcoin Ripple at ten cents. Many prominent investors hold altcoins as well as BTC. Billionaire Tim Draper said in September that he owned Bitcoin Cash. Oh, you poor, poor man! XRP, Tezos, and Aragon, in addition to more than thirty thousand BTC. Um, a shitcoiner is going to shitcoin, man. There is there apparently there is just no escape from from this thing. I, I don't know why people do this. It's just weird. <clears throat> so if you wanna buy some worthless Chinese bonds uh, for and uh, buy them for your Bitcoin, I don't suggest that, but you can do it now. Liam Frost, Decrypt.co sometime this morning says, major Chinese bank adds digital bonds on sale for Bitcoin. Again, don't spend your Bitcoin. China Construction Bank, one of the biggest banks in the country launched today what it calls the first publicly listed debt security on a blockchain. Oh, the blockchains. These digital bonds can be bought for both Bitcoin and the U.S. dollar, the Wall Street Journal reported. Per the report, the bonds will yield an annual interest of around 70, or sorry, (laughs) 0.75%. Jesus. Oh my God. Ed will be rolled over every three months. Oh, compounding interest. Oh, yay, at 0.75%. A process through which the current securities are closed and fresh loans are placed in new ones. The offshoring, or, or sorry, offshoring, the offering is facilitated by China's construction bank's offshore branch located in Malaysian financial center Luban and will be listed on Fusang Exchange, which allows trading of cryptocurrencies as well as fiat. The new offering. Is the first publicly listed debt security on a blockchain, noted Felix Fang Kui, or Key. Principal officer of the bank's Malaysian branch, Fusang's CEO, Henry Chong, also explained that the bonds are akin to bank deposits but offer bigger yields than most U.S. dollar deposits. Quote, from our perspective, we are taking bank deposits, which is our core business. The bank is not dealing with Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, stressed Stephen Wong, chief operating and financial strategist at china construction banks malaysian branch with the exception of the united states and china-based tax residents and residents of iran and north korea the digital bonds will be available to investors from all over the world <laughs> the, oh my god really hold on okay so <clears throat> united states china-based tax residents north korea and iran we are all grouped together in people who are unable to participate in this. Not that you should. I'm just saying that, my God, <laughs> I told you, man, I've told you time and time again that the United States government has weaponized its citizenry against the rest of the world. And now we're being grouped in with the likes of Iran and North Korea. shit's it, just going to get worse, people. Okay. <coughs> The bank plans to attract up to $3 billion from sales of its new offering. The digital bonds were launched today while trading will begin on Friday, November the 13th. According to Fu Sang, as Decrypt reported on October the 5th, the Bank of Thailand has sold $1.6 billion worth of its blockchain-based government savings bonds in just a week since they were launched. Dudes, why? Why would you buy this crap? Just don't okay irs news u.s law firm says irs is coming after coinbase users who evade taxes marie juliet telling us about it from coin telegraph two hours ago the tax law office of david w classic a boutique californian tax firm has issued a public release warning investors that the united states irs is getting serious with coinbase users the firm's dual licensed tax lawyers and capital allowance specialists Say they have been tracking an increase in IRS enforcement activity against Coinbase users who fail to comply with the tax and reporting requirements. Evaders can end up facing serious civil and criminal trouble down the line. The firm warns in its new release on November the 11th, adding, If you have failed to report holding Bitcoin or other virtual currencies on your past returns or filed an incomplete or misleading picture of your cryptocurrency holdings, The time to act to correct this is now. Once an audit or criminal tax investigation has begun, it will be too late to amend your returns or take advantage of a voluntary disclosure program. Coinbase released a transparency report this October, which the law firm says should serve as a major wake-up call to the exchange's users. That report showed clearly that both the IRS and its criminal investigation unit, as well as the FBI and CIA, were filing information requests From With the exchange, the uptick in IRS enforcement activity against Coinbase users who dodge taxes would appear to confirm that the exchange is cooperating closely with federal authorities. As the firm notes, quote, this data in the October report makes it clear that the IRS is requesting information from Coinbase for the express purpose of checking it against its own taxpayer data and looking for discrepancies where holdings on Coinbase have not been reported on taxpayers' returns. End quote. U.S. courts have thus far upheld the IRS's authority in summoning comprehensive data and financial records as part of their investigations into individual Coinbase users' tax liabilities. So I don't know what you want to do with this. You as a listener, you know, there's several things here. Is the tax law office of David W. Classy, uh, Classy, Classing, or whatever it is, have they been tapped by the IRS to send out warning shots and scare the living piss out of each, other you know, everybody? Or is this, is it completely real? How far down the line? Because we know that Coinbase um, was commiserate, <laughs> commiserated with the IRS, <clears throat> but it was like something above, like, I can't remember, it was like $20,000 or something like that so i there's no advice that I am even going to remotely give you guys. You have to take this on your own advisement and you have to do with it <clears throat> what you will but i you know i r s is just uh, what are you gonna do man um although i did tell I did tell my wife that it's time for me and the kids to get our passports so i I don't know this i I'm looking around. At the entire the the mess that the election is, the mess that the worldwide COVID uh, whatever you want to call it, people are calling it scamdemic. Some others are calling it plandemic. This is just idiocy. Um, and then I've got all of a sudden the um, the founder of the World Economic Forum or whatever, the WEF, all of a sudden opens up in at the very end of October a Twitter account. And if you haven't seen his profile picture, he looks like an evil villain from a James Bond movie. I am not shitting even, I mean, especially the clothes. If he was just wearing a suit and tie, you wouldn't even notice it, but he's not wearing a suit and tie. Dude, he's wearing some kind of weird, futuristic looking getup. And I can't even remember what the guy's name is. Just, you know, like you'll probably find it at WEF is the World Economic Forum or whatever it's named. And apparently there's so much attached with COVID, it's not even funny. I mean, this is Alex Jones, like, that. this is his wheelhouse. So I'm not going to get into it. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm kind of spooked. I I mean, I've seen a lot of weird shit going on, but I haven't seen this much of of different kinds of weird shit all kind of piling on at the exact same time. So honestly, man, I'm spooked. And I think it's time to, uh, you know, I should have had a passport a long time ago. So that's one thing that I can't, you know, can't advise without getting in trouble is saying, you know, if you don't have a passport, we probably need passports. I, cause I don't know what the hell's coming. And it's, it's not that, you know, I, I, I want to get out of this country because I hate it. It's not the country, it's the federal government and, and just how deep in the pockets of people that are not from this country that they really are. That's what it seems like. So, In case of weird shit just, you know, completely breaking loose or whatever, I think I should at least be able to have the possibility, even if it's just the illusion of being able to get the hell out, to get the hell out. So, with all that weirdness going on, let's let's run the number. Okay, since it is not six, you know, six a.m. in the morning when I'm usually doing this show, I can actually read you the the vital statistics of what's going on on the exchanges as they are actually open. The S and P 500 is up almost a half. The Nasdaq is up a point and a quarter. The Dow Jones is down meh. Uh, although the Nikkei is up one point seven eight percent, so they're having a good day over there. Everything else is just kind of meh, except, well, and and the VIX is down damn near, you know, four and a quarter points. So uh, volatility has gone down. At least you got that, I guess. I don't know. I don't deal with stocks. Uh, Futures, oil, uh, well, commodities, it's not futures. Oil is up 2.93%. So it's up again today. It's at $42.57 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. Natural gas is up a point. Almost $3 will buy you 1,000 cubic feet of that stuff. Gold is down again, 0.725%. It's coming in at 1,862.8. Will somebody please check on Peter Schiff? I am Peter Schiff's pet rock. Bitcoin, $15,635. It looks like I got a high over a bit asset. $15,694 and do I have a low? I think the 635 number is in fact my low. Yeah. Okay. So 15,635 is the low and 15,694 is the high. So pretty tight trading range there. 305,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours. That's almost 13,000 transactions on hour or on average per hour. Very close to 2 million BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours. That's about 80,000 BTC sent every hour on the hour on average. Average transaction value is 6.26 BTC, and the median transaction value is 0.041 BTC. That's $643. Block times are nominal, 10 minutes and 17 seconds. Almost one BTC is being taken on a per block basis and 137 BTC have been taken overall in the last 24 hours. We've had a precipitous drop in hash rate. So we've got some volatility here. We are down 16.5% and that has taken us from 144 yesterday to what? 120.8 exahashes today for my good friend, the barbecue man, Ethereum, meh, Bcash, meh, Litecoin, meh, BSV, meh, Ethereum Classic, $5.14. That was just for you, man. Dogecoin is at 0.0029, so it's actually going up. Almost 40,000 transactions on the Dogecoin network. (coughs) Desiree is uh, beating the pants off of both Ethereum Classic as well as Bcash. Litecoin is down to 77,797 transactions in 24 hour periods. Clark, what do you got to say? $15,660. Uh, when Clark runs the number, he gets eighteen million five hundred and forty thousand two hundred and eighty one point six five BTC in circulation. There are ten blocks that are waiting to clear, and they are going to hold eleven thousand three hundred and thirty one transactions when they do. Oh, God, I can't. One thousand thirty eight BTC is in the lightning side or in the lightning network, and that is sixteen point three million dollars of liquidity right now. On 7,567 nodes, and that is 35,507 channels. Tor capacity is 527.6 BTC, and the percentage of the Tor capacity has, wow, 50.8%. So well, I think yesterday it was 50.2, so we've got a, a 0.6 gain. <laughs> nice. Tor nodes, <clears throat> 250 or 2, th- oh God, 2,552 Tor nodes. And that's going to do it for vitals. Welcome to part two of the snooze that you can use. And we are not even 30 minutes into the show. So this is going to be a short one, guys. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I read slower in the mornings. I don't know what the hell's going on. Anyway, let's start with this one. Uh, zombie coins on Coinbase, you know, these assholes do this shit all the time and it's just irresponsible to do this, especially when they do it like, you know, you know, years or months after a coin has been laid to rest or forgotten about. And then they like, I don't know, Brian puts on some freaking priest robes and then resurrects shit so that they can make transaction fees. And it's dad, I'm sorry, man. There is nothing ethical about this at all. But remember, you have to remember what Coinbase is. Okay, this is why I go through this stuff, so that you never, ever forget just how bad and horrible of a company Coinbase is. Coinbase listing pushes Ethereum-based coin up 800%. The Coinbase effect is alive and well. Shara Malwa is going to tell us about it from Decrypt.co. A listing on Coinbase has revived, you mean resurrected, an altcoin's price from its slumber, you mean death. The major U.S. exchange listed governance token District X or DNT. It's like literally district, the number zero and X. Again, DNT in a surprise announcement on November the 6th, pushing its price skyward within hours at the time by 797% on Tuesday. (laughs) DNT zoomed from $0.0088 a day prior to the listing to over $0.079 yesterday. That's like 7.9 pennies. Traders have since taken profits and driven prices down to 0.062, still nearly a 600% increase for those who didn't sell yet. The altcoin was one of the most hyped cryptocurrencies back in 2017 with its ability to allow users to to create decentralized marketplaces or districts. This caused its price to surge to an all-time high of 50 cents. In January of 2018, a fantasy environment was a big part of the District X premise. Its token was required for application to the district registry and used to signal support or disapproval for proposals made by other network participants but the multi-year bear market flushed such stories out. The DNT token went on to nosedive with few platform users and no use for its tokens. Well, duh. The price fell to just $0.002 in May this year before seeing a brief comeback as the decentralized finance sector started to become a leading narrative in crypto. Last week's Coinbase listing truly revived its price. The phenomenon, colloquial known in crypto circus as the Coinbase effect, sees altcoins often experience an immediate pump in value whenever news of their listing on the San Francisco exchange is released. This is partly due to the bourse's strict regulatory and compliance policies as put up by the United States government, with a listing signaling a stamp of approval at least on paper. District X was joined by Civic and Decentraland, also two fallen altcoins from the 2017 hype, with the former token used to power digital identity and the latter used to power a so-called virtual reality platform marketplace in Coinbase's listing last week. They got the Coinbase treatment similarly. Civic, that's Benny Lingham's bullshit token. When CVC pumped to a high of 0.173 dollars from 0.025 dollars pre-listing, a 520, you know, 592% increase. By the way, Mana only gave investors a relatively small 60% pump from the listing date to today, from six cents to a high of 11.3 cents on Tuesday. The pumps not likely to last either. Research by on-chain metrics firm CoinMetrics from earlier this year suggested the Coinbase effect. Dies out over a 100-day period, with most gains coming in the first 10 days and then leveling out to reflect a trend in the broader crypto market. Expect crypto traders to be ch- chasing the next Coinbase pump by then. Again, this is the most irresponsible thing that a company can do to its customers. This is actually it's beyond it's unethical, it's immoral, it's. You should not be using Coinbase. I mean, a lot of us got into crypto by, you know, via Coinbase, but if you're still using them, you have to stop. You cannot support this kind of evil, right? <clears throat> you know, whether it's a whether it's a dead human being resurrected or one of these freaking projects being resurrected, this shit is necromancy. This is coin necromancy, and it has to stop. It, just just please Stop using Coinbase. Cuba, let me say, I'm going to read this about Cuba. Let me say something about Cubans if you didn't know. Like the United States Navy, where every sailor is a trained fireman, every Cuban is an auto mechanic and body shop expert. If you don't know what I'm talking about, when the United States embargoed Cuba, and that embargo is still roughly in place without very much change since the 60s the only cars that cuba had because they didn't have an auto manufacturer of their own so the only cars that they had were like you know chevrolets fords and shit from like you know the 1950s into the very 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 early 1960s before the whole thing with kennedy bay of pigs cuban missile crisis all that shit happened and we permanently embargoed cuba they were ever they were never able to get any more cars And I don't know if they ever were able to fabricate their own cars. But one thing is for sure, they have cars. And they have the cars that they had on that island since the 1950s. Because every Cuban knows how to fix a car. should keep that in mind because now it looks like they may become all Bitcoiners. Cuba's exploding crypto interest comes amid an absence of regulation. Hell in parts. Tell us all about it from Cointelegraph. Cuba is seeing an influx of cryptocurrency activity amid an apparent absence of regulated, or sorry, related regulation in the country, according to senior executives at local crypto firms. In early November, Cuba reported a major spike in Bitcoin-related Google queries, indicating an increase in crypto activity in the country. Founders of major local crypto exchanges Cubita and Bitremesas told Coin Telegraph that their platforms have seen increased activity in recent months. Eric Garcia, the creator of Bitremesas. Told Cointelegraph that the platform has been steadily growing this year, seeing a notable influx of user activity. "Quote: By now, the use of the service is increasing at 200% every month," in quote Garcia said. Further quote: B- "Bitcoin usage and volume in Cuba is exploding right now," said Mario Mazzola, founder of Cubita Exchange. According to the executive is trading volumes in October were equal to the total numbers or the total volumes of July, August, and September combined. However, the regulatory status of crypto-related activity is not yet defined in Cuba, both executives noted. Amid this regulatory uncertainty, a number of entrepreneurs are moving into crypto. Garcia claimed, quote, right now the cryptocurrency in Cuba is not regulated. The government just doesn't consider these coins as real money so far. That's going to be a mistake. Then, many entrepreneurs are migrating their commerce to this global and more powerful currency, "In quote. Cubitas Mazzola said that cryptocurrency in Cuba is totally deregulated, while at the same time the local government has endorsed crypto as a means to circumvent sanctions. He said, quote, In Cuba, cryptos are totally deregulated. They are neither legal or illegal. In fact, on several occasions, representatives of the Cuban government hinted on TV that authorities look at cryptocurrency favorably as they as they understand that crypto may be a powerful weapon against the United States embargo in quote as there is still no concrete legal status for crypto in Cuba the operation of local crypto exchanges could raise regulatory questions but cubita's founder is confident that local crypto businesses are not in danger because there is also no law explicitly prohibiting them from operating quote Such P2P transactions are perfectly legal because in Cuba, there is no law that forbids people to buy, hold, use, and sell Bitcoin to another person, Mazzola said. According to Mazzola, local monetary reforms could be one of the major reasons behind rising crypto interest in Cuba. The Cuban government plans to eliminate its dual currency-based economic model, removing the Cuban convertible peso and keeping the Cuban peso. Mazzola said, quote, The rise of BTC in Cuba is due to the fact that the government announced major recent monetary reforms which involve currency unification uh, and devaluation of CUP versus the US dollar. As a result, people are using Bitcoin to invo- avoid inflation and the negative impact of devaluation on their savings. End quote. As previously reported, Growing crypto interest in Cuba is also partially a response to the lack of digital financial services in the country. Major companies like PayPal and Stripe do not provide services for Cuban nationals due to the sanctions by the United States Office of Foreign Asset Control or the OFAC. Yeah, screw you two. The limits on Cuba's access to financial services extend not only to traditional payment firms, but also global crypto companies like Paxful and Local bitcoins. Juka Blomberg, chief marketing officer at Finland-based Local Bitcoin said, quote, "Cuba is an OFAC sanction list or is on the OFAC sanction list and we have contractual obligations with some of our partners which means that we cannot operate in Cuba. Not sure if this will change anytime in future, however, unfortunately currently this is the situation. So go Cuba. That's all I got to say, you know, at, at this point I'm just watching borders just kind of melt." And I don't, I, I, I don't know what the hell is going to happen in the future. I really don't. About borders and regulations and all this shit. Because it seems like everybody in the world is about ready to just, you know, uh, rebel against their own governments and the governments of other countries. And, you know, that would, be, that would be really funny, is that if all the citizenry of the world discovered that they actually really like each other, And they're not all bombers and we're not all like, you know, the you know, citizens of the United States are are not all like wanting to send, you know, strato fortresses over to bomb the living shit out of Pakistani, you know, weddings. I don't want that. And I know a whole bunch of people that are are just horrified at that shit, but it ain't us making the damn call. We don't get to make that call. You know, they say we do because we get to elect these people, but that's bullshit. And you know it. If you think you, you elected any of these idiots, then you've been lying to yourself for so long you can't even see straight. You were never able to vote on who actually got up on the platform in the Democratic Party so that they could argue with each other so that a, a winner could come out the other side. Same thing with the Republican Party. You didn't get to choose who, who the contenders were. Right? You're just presented with these people, and it doesn't matter who you're presented with. They're all the same people. They just are. And stop thinking that they aren't, that there's any difference between Trump and Biden. I mean, it, or, or on, honestly, between Biden and Putin. Between Putin and, 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 you know, Castro's little brother. Between Castro's little brother and whoever the hell is in charge of freaking Argentina. They all suck. You know who doesn't suck? The citizenry of all these company, uh, countries. The citizenry. And it's with a money that means something to all the citizenry of the world, regardless of what oppressive bullshit that they're living under, that's going to make the difference. And I think if, I mean, we're talking about billions more people that are citizens than the amount of people that are in control of that citizenry. Once that shit, once that little fact is finally discovered all over the world, all at once, watch out, watch the hell out. Bitcoin demand getting stronger admits ex-Australian senator. Mm, now, this guy's been accused of being Trump-esque. Well, Cory Bernardi, I don't know anything about you, but, you know, hell, if you got Bitcoined, good on you. This is out of crypto potato. Mandy Williams is writing it yesterday. Australian politician Cory Bernardo recently said that he became a Bitcoin faithful in the last few years, and he believes... BTC demand is getting stronger. Bitcoin commit, c- c- continues to find its way to the heart of mainstream politics across the world. As former Australian Senator Corey uh, Bernardi reveals today in a tweet that he has been a Bitcoin convert for at least two years. He said this as a response to a comment on a Twitter post where he wrote about banking as asymmetric bet. However, Bernardi did not reveal if he owns any Bitcoin. After spending the last couple of years with Bitcoin, that's a weird way to put it, Bernardi concludes that the cryptocurrency serves as a digital version of gold for millennials. While the former senator is bullish on Bitcoin, he is cautiously aware of the risks attached to the crypto asset. However, he believes that it is the same as other assets classed in terms of leg, confidence, and demand. Leg. I've never heard that term before. Somebody tell me what it means. According to Bernardi, the demand for Bitcoin is getting stronger as more corporations and institutional investors buy the digital asset as a primary reserve currency or hedge against financial crises. Quote, become a convert to Bitcoin in the last couple of years. My conclusion is it is the millennials version of gold still see risks attached, but are basically the same as other asset classes, leg confidence and demand. C, demand getting stronger. A, Pompliano is on the ball regarding BTC. Wow, so this dude listens to Pomp. (laughs) Bernardi's thoughts on Bitcoin being digital gold for younger investors is in line with several reports and surveys this year. According to a survey published in July, millennials from across 17 countries prefer Bitcoin over gold, government bonds, and real estate. JP Morgan also published a report saying that Bitcoin's price could rally 10x compared to gold if millennials alongside an increasing number of institutional investors continue to buy the digital asset. Meanwhile, Bernardi is not the only politician that is bullish on Bitcoin. Bitcoin, or The British politician and former member of European Parliament Godfrey Bloom purchased his first Bitcoin last month after blasting Europe's banking system in 2019, calling it a scam. Earlier this week, Crypto Potato also reported that American politician and Bitcoin holder since 19 or 19, 2013, Cynthia Loomis will become Wyoming's new senator. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And dude, 2013, Cynthia was on the ball. She was watching that shit hardcore, man. Samuel Haig says for Cointelegraph that crypto capital owners' attorneys no longer want to represent him. Now... This is the crypto capital is that shadow bank that, uh, somehow or another Binance and a couple of other, uh, exchanges are connected to. And this shit went down. I want to say this, we started finding out about this at the end of 2018. I can't remember exactly when, but it seemed very clear. This was when the, uh, Twitter account Bitfinex um, was really going after, I mean, he was going after pretty much every, you know, everybody, Binance, Bitfinex, you know, it, it, did it, it didn't matter, He, you know, Tether, he was just basically thrashing everywhere, and then all of a sudden, he just goes like dead dark. He blocked, he definitely blocked me. I've heard a lot of different people say that he's blocked a lot of other people, but I haven't seen a tweet from Bitfinext, and I'm, I'm looking at like, you know, I've got like 1,800 people on my Bitcoin list, and nobody has retweeted anything from Bitfinext in months, so I don't know what happened to him, but this is apparently the lawyers for the owner of this shadow bank that is in the Caribbean or wherever it is. They want to they bail out. Now, be aware, uh, in the, at least in the United States, if you take on a client and you are a law firm and a lawyer, if you do not prove, I mean to the judge of that case beyond a shadow of a doubt that you need to be off that case, you will be disbarred. Okay, that's in the United States. I have no idea what's going on in the rest of the world, but I do know that. You cannot just leave your client hanging. I mean, you can, you can be in the middle of representing the defense for like the most heinous, like, I don't know, child porn and child trafficker in the world. And midway through the trial, one day you wake up and go, I can't do this. And you just tell that fucker to screw off. You're going to get disbarred. I know it's weird, but that that disbarment is because you can't just start a trial as somebody's defense and then decide to bail out on them, which is probably why Craig Wright still has his lawyers, because they don't want to get disbarred wherever it is that they get their legal licenses from. So keep that shit in mind, all right? The attorneys representing Reggie Fowler, the accused operator of the notorious Shadow Bank. To the crypto sector crypto capital have filed a motion to withdraw as fowler's counsel according to the motion law firm Lovell's mcgovern and heftner have discussed withdrawing from the ongoing case between the businessman and the united states government since february of my god since february 26th after fowler rejected a nine-figure plea deal the month prior <laughs> Crypto Capital is accused of providing an unlicensed money transmitting services, committing bank fraud, and laundering money on behalf of Colombian drug cartels. Crypto Exchange Bitfinex and sister company Tether further claimed the Panamanian Shadow Bank lost more than $800 million in funds they entrusted to the firm in a series of enforcement actions targeting banks used by Crypto Capital worldwide. The motion from Fowler's attorneys does not give specific reasons as to why they wish to withdraw, although it does state, quote, professional considerations require termination of the representation as well as, quote, the issues of counsel withdrawal has been the subject of discussion with Mr. Fowler since February 26, 2020. And counsel has informed Mr. Fowler orally and in writing on multiple occasions since then that there were grounds for counsel to seek withdrawal. End quote. New York regulations mandate that attorneys can only withdraw through an order of the court provided the withdrawal can be accomplished without material adverse effects on the interest of the client. Quote. The attorneys claim they can withdraw without compromising Fowler's interest, noting that the case has only seen limited pertinent discovery and the anticipated trial is still more than five months away, allowing ample time for new counsel to prepare their defense. Quote, counsel took reasonable steps to protect Mr. Fowler's interest by repeatedly informing him that there were grounds for counsel to seek withdrawal and that the counsel intends to seek that withdrawal. Mr. Fowler has had ample time to find new counsel should he wish to do so, end quote. Fowler was indicted on charges of bank fraud and operating unlicensed money transmitting business on April the 30th, 2019, with the United States Attorney's Office alleging that hundreds of millions of dollars flowed through the accounts a Fowler and his associates under fall, uh, fraudulent pretexts. So there you go. This guy's lawyers want to bail out on him. Man, that's got to suck. When she, I it 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 does. It's got to suck. And it still it just makes me wonder about Craig Wright's lawyers. You think they're just as disgusting as Craig is, and actually like him as a person, or do you think they are clawing any way they are finding any way they can to get out? I honestly think that it's the second but I have a tendency to believe that they are so far into this thing that there is no way out because so much discovery has been done. There's no way that they can pull out of Craig, Wright. Oops. Uh, without a uh, quote unquote undue harm to the client. So they're, they're probably in it for the long haul. These guys are probably going to be able to get out. Just, just saying. So let's see what this one says. Oh, the, okay. Humans gonna human. U.S. firm lawyers up to claim millions of dollars in royalties from Bitcoin ATM operators. I, I, dude, this is, I don't know how far this is going to go. Let's find out. Shade Fadil Pasic, writing this today for CryptoNews.com. A company called First Bitcoin Capital, freshly acquired by the software company Bots, said it is looking to start collecting royalties from Bitcoin BTC ATM operators and manufacturers and potential copyright infringement offenders and said it has already hired lawyers as part of its effort. Okay, I'm going to pause right there to say patent trolls, copyright trolls, trademark trolls, all of them should be tied up in a bundle and linked to like, I don't know, an ocean-going vessel that needs to be decommissioned, have a submarine torpedo that boat dragging all of these assholes to their death and then become part of a new coral reef where life once again can become abundant. Because wherever these trolls are, innovation, life, fun, anything dies on the vine bots announced on november the 9th that its wholly owned subsidiary is now looking to enforce its quote bitcoin atm patent against those operating bitcoin atms to collect royalty payments for this purpose the company said it has begun begun negotiations with the major law firm with a very successful track record enforcing patent rights when working on a contingency basis it means that you don't have the money to actually hire them they have to win to get paid, so there's that at least. Per the press release, while these negotiations are ongoing, the company has been reaching out to individual operators claiming that it wants an amicable agreement without litigation, but also that it has put an offer on the table for these operators to join a consortium of Bitcoin ATMs. On October the 29th, bots announced that it had acquired a subsidiary from publicly traded Bitcoin entity, First Bitcoin Capital, a subsidiary previously listed as being owned By this entity in its securities and exchange commission filings, the details in the documentation show that first Bitcoin capital owns patent number US 9135787 pertaining to a Bitcoin kiosk slash ATM device and system integrating enrollment protocol and method of using the same end quote, adding that it covers all transactions conducted via Bitcoin ATMs in the United States. No wonder we're weaponized as such the recent acquisition includes the rights to the so-called bitcoin atm patent claimed bots which related to the purchase and sale of cryptocurrencies utilizing a bitcoin atm or kiosk that allows customers to purchase bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies by using cash debit or credit cards many of these elements of that intellectual property will be standard essential claims which are critical for the Bitcoin ATM network to operate, the firm wrote. Paul Rosenberg, the company's chief executive officer, said at the time per a bot's release, We own one of the most important intellectual properties in this space, as we believe that this patent will provide us a unique and leveraged position in addition to our other businesses. This patent complements our innovation in the field. You have none, I guarantee it. According to the announcement, all ATMs and kiosks made, sold, and operated in the United States are believed to be subject to this patent, and the company intends to enforce its right. Patent number 9135787 was filed in 2014 by Mark Russell and John W. Russell, both of whom have filed multiple other applications as well, some dating back to the early 1980s. While the current current assignee is listed as first Bitcoin capital, Rosenberg added, quote, transaction royalty payments will be negotiated for a several year term. Some agreements, especially with the manufacturers, could cover previous years and or a significant number of coming years as those terms have not been finalized yet, end quote. According to CoinATMRadar.com, the overwhelming majority of the world's ATMs are located in the United States nearly 3300 or 9350 devices or 80% of the global total meanwhile bots <coughs> said in its press release that an average bitcoin atm kiosk processes 130 to 180 transactions monthly which is used or which is some was it you in usd terms 14 to 18 million dollar potential income for the company per year The first Bitcoin Capital SEC filing also mentioned that the company is developing the first global Bitcoin ATM network, which the Bots press release said the latter is now developing. It's a bad sentence. Bots said that it's the founder of the first worldwide Bitcoin ATM consortium or network, which will enable customer wallets issued by one member operator to be used for transactions on ATMs by other member operators. Quote, the company will be offering a fractional ownership program, allowing owner-operators of the crypto ATMs the opportunity to profit from using this future global ATM network. They're going to try to capture the market. It's not going to work. Bots describes itself as an emerging innovator of products, technologies, and services for the rapidly growing cybersecurity, digital robotics, automation, and AI for the manufacturing industry. Per Bloomberg, located in the United States territory of Puerto Rico, Bots, (laughs) they're in Puerto Rico. Bots operates as a software company, developing an AI-based chatbot and also offering blockchain-powered solutions. The company's website also provides visitors with information about various filings since 2014. The most recent of these is a quarterly report filed in April 2020 with the SEC. These were filed under the name MSIG. MSIG. M C I G the company's former name with a document filed with the SEC detailing that it has offices in Nevada and others in Jacksonville, Florida. It's total assets as reported in April were $5.6 million. All right. There's oh God, this is just what to say about this Uh, other than that they, they should be tied to a ship and torpedoed. Um, Okay, here's my prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. I don't do it on Bitcoin price, but I will do it here. This shit's not going to work. And even if it did, okay, even if it did, if you think it's like, we all, we all look at Bitcoin as something that could really change the nature of governments, economies, central banking, corner banking, whatever. Right? we see the power of it. We see the ability of it to undermine that which people really thought was going to be like the law, you know, because there's just no way to stop it. That's at the government level with full blown military deployment at their fingertips. If these assholes think that they're going to get away with this, even if they get the judgment, it's not going to matter. It's just not going to matter. I would I would just have a car. And have a Bitcoin ATM, or not the, a car, but like a, a food truck or something like that. And I would, I would hook up with Crypto Cloaks and say, build me an ATM worthy of Mordor, All right? All right? That's exactly what I would tell them. And they would do it. We would work together. We would build an ATM. I would put it on a food truck. Let's say I was making burritos. I'm going to probably have to because I cannot find a decent burrito in Amarillo. That's, that also needs to be torpedoed with the ship. But let's say I get a food truck, make really delicious burritos. I drive around. I've got a Bitcoin ATM that I've been able to put to get cobbled together and take care of myself with the help of the guys over at Crypto Cloaks. A couple of Raspberry Pi, you know, Raspberry Pis and I don't know, mesh network that I've got set up where wherever it is that I go with my food truck, I've got a line to my Bitcoin node at my house because I've put mesh network nodes up. Let's say I do all that. Come at me, bro. Come at me. It's just not going to work. And this nonsense about them wanting to go global with this, uh uh-uh, that's just not going to happen. So if you are a Bitcoin ATM operator or you know somebody who is, you need to get them to read this article. Again, this is from cryptonews.com. U.S. firm lawyers up to claim millions in royalties from Bitcoin ATM operators is the headline. So you duck, duck, go that. And you should be able to find this article, which again was posted when, yeah, today. Guys, be aware. I mean, even though I don't think it's going to work, this kind of bullshit, you really do need to be aware of. And that's going to do it for the morning roundup. All right, I think I'm going to leave it right there. This is, you know, show's coming out late enough as it is due to things beyond my control. We had, let's say we had technical difficulties this morning, but it's okay. You know, there's there's no reason not to put out a show, especially with some of the news that that uh, I just gave you. So hopefully you're informed. Um, by the way, I have done my third interview. It is out, uh, episode 318 was with Desiree Dickerson from Lightning Labs, and we were talking about Mint Gox. Um, Episode 314 was with Scott Sibley of Shawmory, and we're talking about his card game. And episode 311 was with Samson Moe and Wayne Wong Chong, and that was my very first interview that I've ever done to release on this show. And that was about the upcoming game Infinite Fleet, a space opera MMO, uh, also RTS. Um, all you know, all, uh, honestly, you know, I'm 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 a newbie when it comes to to interviews. So, you know, there's gonna be times when it's you know you're gonna probably go, God, you don't know what you're doing, do you? No, I don't. But this is how I learn. I just find something I want to do and I do it. That's how I learned how to play guitar, because guess what? Lessons didn't do me any damn good. Anyway, man, I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.